This is Aussie Mac Zone. We'll cover everything Apple, including Macs, iPhones, iPads, and more. All this from an Aussie perspective. Sit back, relax, insert yourself into the zone. The Aussie Mac Zone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to show 370 Aussie Mac Zone. Zan, how are you tonight? Fantastic, Michael. How are you? Sorry, guys. Hi. That's... I'm just trying to uh, send it out so everyone knows we're live. Yep. And um, sorry about last night. I had two tooth pulled yesterday, so I couldn't talk. That was the reason we didn't get last night going. So. But we're all happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, so... happen, doesn't happen often, but uh, when it does happen, we're thankful. <laughs> Um. <laughs> Our Aussie Apple ramblings this week, just to get it all underway. Yep. Google returns to updating major iOS apps after months-long wait. In Gadget reports, Google has left many of its iOS apps without updates since the start of December. Raising questions and even creating problems, users briefly saw this app is out of date errors when signing into their Google accounts. But that drought is finally coming to an end, however. As 9to5 Google reports, Google has finally resumed updating its major iOS apps with a revision to YouTube. While it's just a bug fix, it hints Gmail and other apps could soon get upgrades. It's not certain just what promoted, uh, prompted the long wait. Some had suggested Google had objections to Apple's app privacy nutrition labels but the company hasn't had any objections. It promised that it would add the privacy details as it updated its iOS apps and quietly updated lower-profile YouTube apps, music, studio, and TV earlier in February. We've asked Google for comment. There is some pressure to update other apps soon. While Google can push some features through server-side and web updates, apps like Chrome could be vulnerable to security issues if left unpatched. There's also the chance of future technical issues if the YouTube fix is the start of a larger wave of upgrades. It could provide relief to iPhone and iPad users who lean heavily on Google services. And more will be in the show notes, of course. So what's this mean exactly? Like, what, what, what do, you, do you know what they're doing? Do you know why this happened? Like, have no, you got no. an idea? No, no. It might even be just as simple as the... Um, the COVID thing in America after the elections in yeah. November. Yeah. Trying to get all of that sorted out and making sure everyone's all yeah. right. Yeah. And get typing again and get, you know, get it all in there and tested before they can yeah. release it, you know? Yeah. So. Makes sense. Could be as simple as all that. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. So uh, Epic Games takes Australia's, uh, takes Apple's dispute to Australian market regulator. Apple Insider reports Epic Games has taken its App Store uh, legal dispute with Apple in Australia to the, the blah, blah, sorry to the country's market regulator, according to the new report. Fortnite maker has told the Australian, competi uh, Australian Competition and Consumer uh, Commission that Apple's unrestrained market power is suppressing competition and in innovation and in 
Oh my God, why can I not read this? Sorry, guys. <laughs> I literally read this five minutes ago, so I knew that I could, you know, get it all out. And it's uh, artificially raising the prices of iPhone, iPad, and iPad apps. Financial Review reported uh, on Thursday, according to the submission to the ACCC Digital Platform Service Inquiry, Epic Games says that Apple is forcing App Store developers to pay 30% Apple tax on the games they sell. It adds that the true commission should be closer to a single digits. I don't know about single digits, but anyway, the ACCC was already investigating whether Apple and Google abused their power in the respective app store. Epic Game has previously praised the ACCC in investigating app store market power. Epic Games sued Apple in Australia's federal court in 2020, alleging that the App Store breached multiple sections of the Commission and the Consumer Act and the Australian Consumer Law. The lawsuit claimed that Apple illegally forces Epic and other app developers to only use Apple's App Store to distribute its software applications to the broad base of iOS de devices device users and to only use Apple's payment platform for purchases of their in-app content by iOS device users. Apple in December 2020 asked the Australian Federal Court to toss out the lawsuit because Epic Game had promised to settle any dispute in uh, litigation in the US. Apple Games launched its campaign against Apple in 2020 after baiting the company into removing Fortnite from the Apple Store with the in implication of direct payment system that bypassed Apple's own payment system was a violation of Apple App Store's guidelines. The initial uh, litigation filed in the US in 2020 is still ongoing. Earlier in February, a judge ruled that Apple CEO Tim Cook must undertake several hours or a seven hour disposition in the case, which is slated to go to trial in May. More in the notes. Yeah. So, I don't... Look, I understand that they don't want to pay Apple's prices, but they knew Apple's prices before they came on board. That's right. And not just that, they also, in the, in the agreement, they said they wouldn't take it to the Australian courts. They've taken it to the Australian courts. They baited Apple to kick them out, so Apple kicked them out. Yep. Every every corner you turn, Epic are playing dirty. Apple, they knew Apple's rules. They knew that how much they had to pay. They yep. knew that if they went to Australia, that you know they promised. They signed a document saying that they would not go take this to the ACCC. <laughs> I, I've got no pity for them whatsoever. Like no, no, now. Going back at the beginning, yeah, and let, let's say Fortnite was a was a a, a bit of a dud. Yeah. It didn't have a massive income stream. Yeah, we wouldn't be going through all of this. That's right. All right, it's just that it's generated that... more money than he can handle anyway. <laughs> yeah, that the the owner can handle anyway. And. Um... He's saying it should be in the single single figures. No, you're using someone else's base, like so yeah. minimum. Yeah, everything minimum ten percent here. You yeah. know, like you, you, it's very hard to minimum. run a. It's very very hard to run a business. Yeah, 
Yeah. With less than 10% profit margin. Yep. So, and we're just talking so, about that particular yep. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think on all fronts here that um, Epic deservedly, yeah, they... He could easily get back on. He could stop selling the game and give everything away for nothing. Yeah. Couldn't he? Yeah. He could. <laughs> yeah. He could now. Like, he's made a fortune. Yeah. Right. He could this say, is... I give up, everything's free. <laughs> Speaking of consumer, this is consumer greed, right? And yes, Apple are also taking their slice of that greed, but they knew he knew the terms and conditions. Yeah, or the company knew the terms and conditions. He, he's running a successful business. He's also partly paying for the companies that have got free stuff on there that people use. Yep. That Apple customers use. All right, I'm only that's talking right. Apple customers. Right. Yep. And that service is there for for us as Apple customers. Yep whether we choose to buy an app, subscribe to an app, or use a free yeah. app. Yeah. Somehow it's got to be paid for. So I don't, I don't know any kid at, like, at school or anything that plays Fortnite anymore anyway. They're paddling uphill. <laughs> that's for sure. So, they can't play Fortnite because most of them have got Apple phones anyway, I suppose. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Most of the kids have got Apple phones, so they don't play Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all quite happy. They're not sitting in the corner crying because they haven't got Fortnite. No, they're not. <laughs> They've moved on. Yeah. Uh, so, Apple Maps. Apple Maps will soon get Waze's best features. So Gizmodo reports, features familiar to the Waze crowd are coming soon to Apple Maps. Available now for developer and public beta testers running iOS 14.5 and rolling out to all users later this spring, the new features will allow passengers and drivers to easily report a speed check, accident or any kind of hazard they encounter while driving. As the feature is meant to be hands-free for those behind the wheel, Users can alert Siri to the incident either with a voice command on their phone or, if supported, using CarPlay. To prompt the assistant, just say, Hey, SIRI, report accident, for example, followed by the event, whether that be an accident, a hazard, a speed check, speed trap, or just an incident. Beta users who have the feature will also be able to say things like, There's a crash up ahead or there's a speed trap here. Siri will be able to understand comments like the hazard is gone or the or clear the accident as well. And users can also tell Siri things like the accident is still here. So more in the show notes. Now That's really I cool. use this in I use this in Waze. Yeah. Um yeah, and with Waze, even with CarPlay, you've got to push a button on the screen to say there's, you know, the accident's still there or there's an accident or there's police ahead. Yes, the police are still yeah. there or, yeah. But um, be interesting to see how it goes. <laughs> and it's good to know, A, that the police are ahead, especially now that in New South Wales they don't tell you about the mobile speed cameras. Yeah. And, and also, yeah, it's good, it's good to know what's happening ahead. There yeah. Might be a, Big accident where the roads close, and you you got just that little warning to get around. 
Yeah. So, um, in g- gaming. 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 Yes. Yes. So I got to play a new game uh, on Apple Arcade called Earth Night. Yeah. Now, if you like that runner runner game, you know, like Sonic or uh, yeah, those sort of old school games, even Mario Brothers to an extent, where once you move, you can't go back. Mm-hmm. You just got to keep moving forward. Um, this uh, Earth Night is just beautifully designed. You see, let me put a picture up on the screen now. Um, the pat, the backgrounds are all hand painted, yeah, and they're just these absolutely stunning designs. You could almost, you know, just look at the art itself. It wasn't passing by so fast, <laughs> <laughs> like, but it, it's it's stunning. Yeah. So the game, so it's a runner game. You need to be on your virtual toes to keep up. You really do like the, the only way to get better at this game is to keep playing it and replaying it. So if you can't get past the level, you just got to keep going back, start again, head up because you can't turn around. You've just got to keep moving forward. You've got to get that jump, right? You got to get that shot, right? You got to, you know, everything has to be so precise. It was so much fun. Like, <laughs> so much fun. And, and it just, it's, it, there's no forgiveness in it. You you need to be on top of on top of it. I miss this in gaming. Um, it reminds me of like things like uh, when PlayStation first, well, the PS One uh, first re- uh, released. Um, oh, what was it? Oh, Jesus, don't do this to me. Um, You're getting oh, old. You're getting oh, old. No. <laughs> oh no! Oh my god. Resident Evil, thank you. Um, <laughs> first release, uh, Resident Evil, there was nowhere to save. Like the first level of Resident Evil where you went through, just nowhere to save. And if you died, you're all the way back to the beginning. And, and this is what it reminds me, that sort of thing. You, it's unforgiving, it's stunningly brilliant, uh, graphically phenomenal, soundtrack's great. Um, it's fast paced it almost makes you feel like you're, you're out of breath, yeah. you know, uh, uh, playing it. <laughs> you're like, oh man, that was a crazy level, you know, <laughs> <laughs> now, now the next one. Oh wow. It's ready. Okay. Let's go. And, um, now you can play this on your phone. If you like, it's fine. I liked it on the Apple TV a little bit better, had a little bit more control, um, had a lot more fun. What controller were you well. using? I was using an Xbox controller. Yeah. Um, because I have an Xbox. Um, I don't have a PlayStation. Well, I do, but it's an older PlayStation, so I use my new Xbox controller. Um, so, yeah, play this game. Play it. I can't say that enough. If you like fast-paced gaming, this game's it has everything you want. It's the game you've been waiting for. I'm giving this game five apples out of five. Wow. Perfect graphics. Pick. Wow, yeah. Great gameplay, tick. Earth, Earth awesome Night. soundtrack, tick. Yeah, like just excellent, excellent. Good to hear. Competing with when you're competing with things like the new Xbox, uh, and you've got virtual racing happening uh, at home, where you can set up and be in a car and virtually race like uh, the supercars you 
you can now. Yeah, yeah. And they have something this fantastic on a mobile device. Five, <laughs> yeah, five apples. Well done. Brilliant. Well done. Yeah. So all you do all weekends have fun. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I, I have three young oh, kids. Research. I, Sorry, research. All you do is all right, yeah. research. I have three yeah. young kids. <laughs> so what I have to do is have fun. <laughs> well done. So that, that's the gaming for this week. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah, you've got some entertainment for us too. Yeah, excuse the pun, epic at that, but, you know, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for sacrificing your research time for us, Ed. Oh, yeah, no, you're welcome. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, now uh, entertainment. Yeah. So this will be streaming. Hopefully, I'm pretty sure it said this year. I um, was reading it's later this year released. Uh, first look at Jared Leto's eerie joker in Zack Snyder's Justice League. There's a photo up right now. You need to see this. This is uh, like, I don't know, uh, Marilyn Manson and um, <laughs> oh, it and uh, anything like that, that. Yeah, it's just all rolled in the one. So fantastically done. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And so this is a report from uh, Vanity Fair uh, that we found. What becomes of a prophet? What becomes of a prophet of mayhem in a world that has already fallen apart? Maybe he just lurks among the other nightmares in the belated landscape. Maybe he indulged all of his most bloodthirsty impulses to the point of boredom. Maybe he hunts down those striving for order until he finds someone still capable of being hurt. This is the Joker as he appears in Zack Snyder's new Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> An entirely new element the filmmaker decided to add as he completed his original version of the DC comic book team-up. Jared Leto's clown prince was not part of Snyder's original plan before walking away from the movie in 2017. Admit a clash with Warner Brothers, leadership and grief over a family tragedy when HBO Max offered him the chance to finalise his own cut of the movie. The director had a few things he wanted to add to the long-awaited Snyder cut. Batman's nemesis was one of them. The Joker is really, uh, so, <laughs> is really the only thing that I thought of in retrospect. Snyder tells Vanity Fair, but I will say that it was always my intention to bring Joker into that world. Another photo up that we've just put up. Oh my God! Like it's. So I've got a fair a few. Uh, Joker, Batman comics. This one with the uh, butcher's jacket, I guess, or dentist coat, or whatever you want to call it, and the the, the black shoes and work pants, the slick hair. I, I just it just embodies the evilness and, and deranged mind of that character, and I, and I love it. So on with the story. When he first began 
working on DC films a decade ago, Schneider thought he would eventually bring the villain into conf into um, conflict with Batman in a later project. But after his falling out with the studio, he realized that probably would never happen. Instead, when given the opportunity to finally finish Justice League his way for, uh, for HBO Max, he asked for additional photography that fit Joker in the four-hour event debuting March 18th. Oh, wow. So it's only around the corner. I hadn't read that part. I'd only looked at the pictures, sort of watched uh, the clip um, that they released. So, yeah, it's literally a month away, uh, a month and two days away. Oh, no, a month, yeah. The only real rule about uh, depicting Joker on screen is that you have to put your own twist on the monster. Variation is not just allowed but expected. In this case, Snyder chose to cast his Joker as Leto, who played the part in the entirely different form in David Ayer's Suicide Squad in 2016. Gone are the face tattoos and the slicked back emerald undercut hairstyle of the movie replaced by a, a visage that looks like a creature who crawled out of the basement of a long abandoned insane asylum. Maybe he did. Leto is wearing a hospital gown and surgical mask in the in the photo, Snyder released exclusively to Vanity Affair, which the director says is probably a remnant of his escape into the wild when the world fell. In some of his Justice League scenes, Leto's Joker also sports a bulletproof vest fashioned with uh, grimy law enforcement badges, or grimy, sorry, grimy law enforcement badges, and badges. He has tons of badges, Snyder said. These are his trophies. And so there's a clip. Uh, I don't know. Do we have the clip? Do we have the video clip, Michael? That's oh, me. No. It's me. I muted. Oh, it's all right. It's me. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. No, we don't have the clip. All right, no worries. I can load. I can load that up on uh, our Facebook and uh, YouTube page later this week. Yeah, we'll um, put a link to that. No problem. Yeah, put a link to it. Um, it's on YouTube anyway. Check it out. He's wearing the bulletproof vest and has cops badges all over it. <laughs> you know that he's wearing like trophies where he's just killed. We think all these police officers, you know, which I wouldn't put past him, you know. Um, I'm really, really excited. Joker's probably one of my favourite characters of all time. I think he's been well done right through the ages. He's always fitting to each era of uh, you're in, you know, be it the camp 60s, you know, the comic book-esque 80s, you know, the... You know, the sort of the funny, you know, heroic 90s or even the dark noughties, you know, where it came in. Uh, so he, he changes with the times. He is always a fantastic monster. So, yeah, check it out. Sure. Yeah. And the reason we're talking about this is because uh, iTunes gets streamed, because this will be streamed uh, through HBO, and iTunes gets... At first, like we we get a go at it first. 
Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to see it on iTunes. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. Story four. Ah. Uh, is that me? Is that me again, or is that you? Well, it's you again if you want it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's about a game. That's all. That's why I gave it to yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. Apple launches for all mankind time capsule augment reality app. We're only talking about this today. Uh, Mac Rumors reports Apple's. Sorry, one moment. I just need that. Get that out under my screen. There we go. I'll screen even. Mac Rumors reports Apple's last week announcement to launch of a new augmented reality app that takes inspiration from Apple's TV series for all mankind. The app built on Apple's Arcit framework is designed to offer augmented reality experiences for the 2020 iPad Pro model and the iPhone 12 lineup. Apple decided for all mankind, the time capsule as a new augmented reality experience that brings a world of the popular TV, Apple TV series for all mankind right into your home, right into the home of fans. The app lets viewers uncover memories for all mankind, astronaut Gordo and Tracy Stevens to the decade between seasons one and season two, which is set to come out February 19th, so very soon. Viewers Mm -hmm. can unpack a virtual time capsule, checking out what's inside and learning new details about the show. Join Denny, teenage son of astronaut Gordo and Tracy Stevens as he examines... Sorry. As he examines interactive keepsakes full of details about life, love, and the world, of for all mankind every object tells a story a new simple mixtape unveils how young love first began a home computer holds the secrets to the teens changing lives and and items of ordinary as as ordinary as a newspaper and answering machine shed light of impact events of impactful events in the lives of gordo and tracy stevens revealing more about the alternative world of for all mankind and what's coming in season two. Yeah. That sounds it's a good really way cool. Of, it's a good way of getting people interested in season two as well. That's another. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have you seen of all, uh, all Mankind? No, I haven't. It's one thing I haven't watched I'm, yet. Oh, that, that sounds right up my alley. I'm, I'm going to check it out. <laughs> so expect, uh, yeah, expect a review in entertainment of that next week. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. So. Story five, five. Yeah, yeah, Michael, I'll give you something. Thanks, mate. Thank you. You're doing great. <laughs> Aussie big bank-backed IBM blockchain platform Ligon mints first guarantee. So ZNet reports blockchain fixes the problem of paper in the bank guarantee process. After joining forces in July 2019 to progress work on a blockchain-based bank guarantee platform, ANZ, the Commonwealth, and Westpac announced, alongside IBM and shopping centre company Centre Group, the formation of Ligon. On Tuesday, Ligon announced minting the industry's first standardised digital bank guarantee. Sounds like a metal band. (laughs) Formation of Ligon. 
<laughs> Claimed as the first time blockchain has been used for commercial banking product in Australia, the National Financial Services Infrastructure went live over the weekend, which saw the successful digitization of a bank guarantee. The Logon platform runs on the IBM public cloud. It leverages the IBM blockchain platform, which is built on top of Hyperledger Fabric, an open source blockchain project from the Linux Foundation. It was designed as a new piece of infrastructure by the group aimed at being at the crossroads between finance and technology. Speaking at the launch on Tuesday, ANZ Banking Services Lead and Ligon Chairman Nigel Dobson said the idea came from commercial property owners being frustrated by archaic processes that banks had forced upon them. Gave them friction, gave them paper and gave them worry, he said. Now, the parties that are now involved have had a truly enduring collaboration around solving an industry problem that is unseen and not much light is shed on it. But it definitely was a pain point and a friction point for many recipients. We also thought that the emerging blockchain technology that many of us were analysing and evaluating at the time was in fact the perfect technology and this was the perfect problem for that technology. Lastly, what is blockchain? So, uh, now, blockchain is a system of recording information in a way that makes it difficult or impossible to change, hack, or cheat the system. A blockchain is essentially a digital ledger of transactions that is duplicated and distributed across the entire network of computer systems on the blockchain. So, yeah, right. Yeah, so there's there's more in the notes. So, yeah. it, but basically, there's so many copies of that one piece of paper. Yeah, you can't. As soon as someone changes it, it shows up. So you can't change it in England. Like you can't get yeah. break in, hack it, and change it in England, and and go well. It's you know, there's yeah. there's a million dollars in there instead of a dollar. Yeah, because just. It looks at a hundred variances of the same piece of paper to see if it's what's correct and what's incorrect. Yeah. So yeah, be interesting cool. to see how it goes. Well done, to, yeah. well done, Aussies. I reckon that's awesome. Cuts the paper track down. Yes. Yep. Yes. Next for you, sir. This <laughs> more me. Yay. Yes. Um, <laughs> Twenty years of the orange cones. The history of VLC. Um, so, a protocol reports how a student project became one of the world's most popular open source apps, powering much of modern day media without ever cre creating a huge windfall for its developers. When students of the Ecole uh, Central Paris lobbied for a campus network upgrade in their 90s, they weren't really thinking about the future of media. All they wanted was to play Duke Nukem 3D. <laughs> but the public-private partnership that made their first-person shooter work on their campus network also laid the groundwork for the birth of the popular media player, VLC. Which is video lead uh, client. Yeah. That's right. Uh, open source 20 years ago this month, VLC has since been downloaded more than 3.5 billion times 
making it one of the most popular free software projects to date. Software developers for VLC is being used to power some of the world's largest streaming services. Despite of all this, VLC has largely remained a labor of love. The developers okay. saying no to deals worth tens of millions of dollars. The story of VLC is about geeks pursuing their passion projects, fighting back countless legal threats, and hatching a baffling plan to send bitcoins to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> the student staff running the campus network of uh, Ecole uh, Central, uh, I don't even know how to say that. Uh, That's but right. it's French. Yeah, Central <laughs> Paris had a problem. Uh, the university's token ring network had become much too slow uh, for students living on campus. For years, the technology had done its job offering access to email and news groups. But by the mid-90s, students wanted more. They wanted to download files, browse the web, and most of all, play Duke Nukem 3D. <laughs> I understand their pain. That's <laughs> a great game, which was impossible on the aging network architecture. However, the university wasn't able to provide a network update. In, des in desperate need uh, for outside sponsor, the students struck a deal with a big French broadcaster which wanted to use the campus grounds as a te um, test bed for an early version of IP-based TV delivery. The idea, instead of equipping each dorm room with its own satellite dish and set-top box, students would find a way to stream TV signals over the local network. The goal of the project was to show that you could re resend the satellite feed and decode it on normal machines, which would cost a lot less said uh, Video Land Foundation President uh, Jean Baptiste Kemp. <laughs> to, <laughs> to achieve oui, this oui. student. <laughs> <laughs> Bonjour. Sorry, uh, bonsoir. It's the, it's the evening here in Australia. Uh, mm -hmm. To achieve this student, I know more French than that, but I'm going to leave it at that. Um, <laughs> to achieve this student, developed um, a video server and a playback app at the time called Video Land Client. The project got passed down as student graduated and eventually the team behind it decided to open source it. In those early days, much of, work, uh, much of the work was still focused on the server that um, redistributed streams across the campus network. No one really had any inkling how successful VLC could become as a cross-platform media player. It was Linux and BIOS, or BOS, at the time, Kemp said, no one cared about Windows or Mac OS. No one on campus, that is, weeks after VLC got released as open source in 2001, a developer in the Netherlands uh, ported it to Mac OS, causing the first real usage spike. Apple's initial version of OS X didn't come with a built-in DVD player uh, app and early adapters of the new system flocked to VLC as a replacement. Yep. At the same time, a UK, yeah, we did it. 
UK-based developer ported VLCL to Windows, where it became a surprise hit as well. People were shocked. Ken said, oh, my God, how did that happen? <laughs> One of the reasons for VLC's unexpected success lied in its Linux roots. Due to the operating system's lack of native codec infrastructure, VLC was packaged together with all the codec, um, what's that word, dependencies yep. necessary to play most video files and formats that were different from Windows, where the system media player often refused to play videos downloaded from file sharing networks, requiring users to jump through a bunch of hoops and download third-party codec packs and questionable sources using the same dependencies across all platforms. VLC, VLC just worked. Yep. And it quickly gained momentum as a kind of Swiss army knife for media playback. So, I just want to say... today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Same. Uh, if you've got... Now, I don't suggest people pirate things. No. Or, you know, or anything like that, you know, but if you do have pirated copies, we also will play anything. <laughs> It'll yeah, play anything. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I remember... Oh, I think the first time I used it must have been 2005. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, I put it onto my laptop at the time because I was buying um, Chinese DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you'd buy you know, these, these DVDs from China or uh, J- Japan and that sort of stuff that were really cool karate movies. Um, from but, the markets, yeah, from the markets, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> and you'd go and buy them from the markets, and you get these really cool kung fu movies. Um, but you could never watch them. I'd buy, you know, sort of a couple, I'd come home and oh, that's right, I can't watch it. Uh, I had a flatmate at the time, um, yeah, who uh, Jeff actually, you know, I will shout out to Fetus, you're a legend. <laughs> um, who goes, Hey man, why don't you just put this on your computer and it'll play? And I'm like, What is this? <laughs> He's like, check it out. This is really cool. I've been using it. You've got to see this. It's like fantastic. I'm like, yeah. Right. So there I had VLC on my laptop and I was able to watch my Kung Fu movies from Japan and China. Bang. Just like that. Yes. Just like that. So that's how long I've been using it for. So what's that? 16 years. And it's still going strong as yep. ever. It's great. Yep. It's great. So, any, anything and, else before we do our last well, one? Well, you, well, it just says here, it says Michael Simmons says, Congrats to, congrats oh, and right. thanks to all the contributors. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. I scoured past that. Thank you for doing that for me. Because, yes, right. we all appreciate it very, 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 very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, again, in our renewed effort to, uh, leave you with at least one how-to each week. Yep. How to take a scrollable full-page screenshot of websites on iOS. Oh, cool. So thanks to Lifehacker. Uh, so whatever the reason, capturing a full-page screenshot of a website on iOS is simple. To start, launch the website in your device's Safari browser 
after you've made sure you're using the latest version of iOS. Take a screenshot of the website as you normally would with the side button and the volume up button. If you don't see two options at the top, screen and full page, which uh, in the picture that I'm showing at the moment, I've got them circled at the top there. It says screen or full page. iOS yep. is probably being a bit fussy because remember it is a new feature. Yes. And may still be being sorted out in the background. But close Safari, reopen and try taking another screenshot. Now, these options are critical for tapping. Full page is the magic source. The little sidebar on the right, which you can scroll up and down, shows the entirety of the page that your phone has captured. When you go to save it, however, you won't be dropping it in your photo album because your device isn't technically creating a giant photo. So instead, your iPhone will have converted this mega screenshot to a PDF. So you need yeah. to send it in some other folder, such as your documents folder on your iPhone in files, for example. But also, one other little trick, <coughs> pardon me, um, put it into Reader View first, because if you're in Reader View, That's really you don't have idea, all the actually. ads. Yeah. Yes. So you won't have all of those ads where, you know, it might only have a little third of the screen has actually got the words in it, blah, blah, blah. So chuck it into Reader and then take the screenshot of the whole page. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. So, um, and there'll be, of course, there'll be links to all of that with more pictures. Don't forget, you can... Uh, the, there's links for the show notes every week in the upload. This week being... AussieMaxzone.com.au forward slash... AMZ three seventy. Zero. You'll see. <laughs> there you'll see the last six weeks of show notes. Yeah. Email it, Michael or Zant, AussieMaxstone.com.au. Easy as. However you listen to us, please give us a rating. It helps us find other people who would like to listen to us as well. Yes. Uh, Apple News. You can look on Aussie Maxstone. Now, over to Zahn for that infamous sign-off, sir. Thank you, everybody. Excellent. For listening. Thanks, thank everyone. You, thank, you, thank you. Remember, an apple a day keeps the androids away. <laughs> See you, guys. Thanks. Mm -hmm.